Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Good morning. We hope you're doing well out there. With me as always is my friend, my co-worker, Stephanie Wesco. Good morning, Stephanie. How's things going? Good morning, Doug. Things are going well here. The sun is shining. Spring is trying to spring. So spring is in we're the glad air. For that. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I'm thankful for the sun around here. I walked this morning, it was about 45 degrees, and I, I enjoyed that. And as the sun came up, it, you know, first I want to admit something right up front. The best sunrise and sunset, I think, in the United States of America, you can find across the street from Stephanie's home. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. She gets some of those most pretty orange and reds. It's like a sunburst. It just explodes on the scene. Yeah, and, last night was insane. Wow. Did I send you that? I sent you a yeah. picture. Yeah, it was and that could be cloudy. a poster. Yeah. It was. And I couldn't even capture. I, you know, you can never capture a beauty, the full beauty. At least I can't in a photo. It was, it was absolutely magnificent last yeah. night. Sunset. Yeah. God's handiwork was incredible. I mean, it was just one of those pictures that could be a poster hanging in someone's living room or something, yeah, something that you look incredible. at to make you feel good about yourself. And, and God does such a good work with that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, folks, we got some good news for you. So by the time you hear this on May 29th at Morningside Baptist church in Greenville, South Carolina at 5 PM is the world premiere uh, of our video series, Helpful Wounded Spirits, our TV show. So if you're anywhere within that area, we invite you to be with us. If not, you can watch it online, uh, even after you go to your own local church there on Sunday. Uh, you can come back and watch it on morningside.org or on the Facebook page, Morningside Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. But you don't want to miss, put it on your calendar, you do not want to miss the world premiere of Helpful Wounded Spirits. And we're so excited about this. Stephanie, it seems like it's already been like nine months that we've been working on this bad boy. And it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's incredible. You know, we've had to reshoot things three or four times. We've, you know, post-production is not our friend, but uh, we've learned some things. And folks, admittedly, uh, you know, I put down some ideas and made some outlines and made some kind of sort of scripts and put them together and, and filmed a TV show. And uh, it was my first time out. It was just, you know, so a lot of the blame rests squarely on me. Uh, we brought some people in afterwards and had some good ideas on how to do things. We had in the beginning, we already had a host and hostess. We just excited to, or decided, uh, I am excited, but we decided, uh, to expand the role a little bit, uh, you know, to bring some numbers and things of that nature in there We're we're dropping in right around 43 minutes, which puts us in a good position for a one hour TV show or a Sunday school or Wednesday night service or whatever the case may be. So pay attention to that on May the 29th. It'll be released all over the world. So we'll let you know what platforms it's on at that point. We just wanted to update you on that. We're really excited. Mm. And, uh, yeah. 
And uh, I think that, uh, I just think that God is going to use it. So pray with us, brethren. Mm. Please pray that God would do that. And uh, certainly a lot of work has went into that. So even though we're moving along in Proverbs 16, in just a minute, we're going to be in Proverbs 16, verse number four. We've been starting off every show by sharing a characteristic of PTSD that folks suffer from that they go through and and maybe a bible verse or two that would help out so usually what i do is i i share a a characteristic tell you a little bit about what it is and maybe the bible answer for it and then we give stephanie a chance or two to talk about it this is something that both stephanie and i have suffered from and actually about one out of five people in the general population suffer from this thing called depression about one out of four uh, among younger people in colleges and universities around America suffer from depression. Depression's a really big deal. The Bible calls yeah. depression, you know, you know, Stephanie, whenever we see that word heavy or heaviness, and it's not mm-hmm. talking about how heavy an object is to pick up or how much something weighs, it's talking about having a heavy heart or being depressed or, or, or being a little bit outside of where we should be. And that's what depression is, is having that heavy heart. And, uh, and I, you know what came to my mind? Many of you know that the only psalm, the only really chapter of the Bible I've ever tried, tried to memorize, and maybe a little bit on First John five, but and and Psalms chapter number thirty four, the righteous cry in verse seventeen, and the Lord heareth and deliver them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh, which means He's close, brethren. He's close to us. Them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. So, so many suffer from depression. One out of four in college, one out of five in this nation is on some kind of medicine for depression. And certainly depression has not escaped you and I, Stephanie. And uh, what would you add to this this morning? Well, I appreciate that you um, brought the whole concept of depression and dealing with it into the podcast. And I think we we touched on this in the last week um, or recently, but this, you know, I, I think last time we talked about it, I said we could talk about this subject and all it involves for hours um, because there is so much here. Um, but I love the the book of Psalms because when I read through so many of those chapters, I see that David was a human just like me who was, um, you know, he was dealt a lot of heavy blows throughout his life. Um, yes, there was a few he brought on himself, like when he committed adultery with Bessie and then the domino effect of consequences that that brought, but there was a lot to happen in David's life. That was not his fault. It wasn't his fault that Saul hated his guts and tried to kill him for years. Um, you know, it wasn't his fault that, (laughs) that, um, you know, being upright and walking with God resulted in, in literal persecution, um, from the king. Uh, at that time. Um, But David struggled with depression. And one of the key stories in David's life that always has, that God will bring me back to, um, is when he was at Ziklag, um, you know, he had gone there trying to find a safe place. And and do I agree with the fact he was there? No, but that's where he had ended up. And I have, I have learned um, that it's not my, it's not, God didn't give me my Bible and these stories for me to sit in judgment of the Bible characters um, because I didn't walk in their shoes. And so, you know, when I read the story of David and how he got to Ziklag, I can put myself in those scenarios and say, what would I have done different, but maybe learn from it, but don't sit and judge those people because 
Um, we are all humans and um, none of us um, have been in that, that dire of a situation where our king is literally hunting us down with the army to kill us, specifically, just us. And so I don't think any, I, I know I have never been in that pinpointed um, you know, going through everything we went through in Cameroon, yes, I, I got to experience a teeny weeny tiny piece of what that had to have felt like. And so it gives me a different different perspective when I look at what David did in going to Ziklag. And so he's there. Um, and while him and his men are away, the enemy comes in and they take all the wives, the children captive. So David and his men come back to nothing. And at that point, David's men turn on him. They're saying they're going to kill him. Of course, they're dealing with all the grief and trauma and shock. Okay. They just lost all of their, their love as far as their wives, their children. They lost all of that. And so they turned against David. And there's a key phrase in that chapter that says, David encouraged himself and the Lord. He had nowhere else to go. And there are times when we're dealing with depression where we have nowhere else to go. And, and yes, we have that now in this day and age, we have the body of Christ and, you know, confess your faults one to another, James five sixteen, and pray for one another that ye may be healed. Have a friend, have a, have a buddy, so to speak, that you can call, that you can say, Hey, I, can you pray with me right now? I'm, this is what I'm struggling with. And, um, I have, I have friends I can do that with. I have ladies that do that with me. They'll contact me and say, I need prayer right now. This is what I'm struggling with today. And often it is depression because this is one of Satan's main tools against us. Because when we go into depression, it leads to the condemnation kind of guilt, not the, not the conviction kind where Satan, you know, we become weak and then Satan uses his arsenal of other fiery darts to get in that crack of our armor. And so depression really is a serious thing to come back to understanding that Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so that includes being able to look to Jesus in a way where he'll lift us up out of that miry pit that David talked about in Psalms. He'll set our feet on a rock and establish our goings. And then he'll put a new song in our heart, even praising to our God, many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. And so the importance of praise, if you're dealing with depression, choose by faith, make a choice to praise. By faith, make a choice that no matter what I'm feeling right now, no matter what awful thought Satan is trying to implant in my brain, they aren't going to stick because I belong to Jesus and he belongs to me and Satan has no, he has no stronghold. He has no foothold in my heart or in my mind. And it's a by faith thing. This isn't something that will just magically happen. It is a battle. It's a battle for our mind. And that's what depression is. It's Satan seeking to destroy our mind. And, you know, when we get weak, we, we are in a battle in every realm of life. And so we do get weak. Um, I think of the story of Elijah. And after Mount Carmel, he had been fighting the devil himself, if I can put it in that blunt of terms. Here he was coming up against Ahab and Jezebel. And you want to talk about a woman that was, Ahab was her enabler. And so by enabling her, he became part of it and became like her. But Jezebel, there was an evil spirit that controlled her. 
Yeah, she was a prophetess of Baal. Yeah. Yes. So, and then all of her minions, okay, all those other prophets of Baal. That's what Elijah was one man. Okay, he had he had Jehovah God with him, but he was fighting that. There was no one else standing beside him in that battle on a human level. And after that fight, he wore out. And of course, Jezebel, being the the evil, wicked woman that she was, you know, sending that letter, she was terrified of him. But she sends him this letter saying, by this time tomorrow, you know, you're you're gonna be like one of my prophets of Baal that, you know, that you slew. And it sent him over the edge. And so we see Elijah struggling with this depression. And I don't see God in that passage ever judging Elijah. Yeah. And so understand that, you know, Psalm 103 says that our father knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. As a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. So if you will draw nigh to him when you're dealing with depression, draw nigh to God. He says, come to me, all you that labor are under heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When you make that choice, your feelings may not always change immediately. And like I said, this isn't a good time to be alone. This may be a time when you need to do something with someone else. Maybe you need to get out of the house because depression will lead to so many other bad domino effects. But get your focus back on the Lord. That's, That's the vital key part to getting out of depression. And, and you know what Stephanie was just speaking about, that's good sister, but what Stephanie was just speaking about, dear brethren uh, of Ziklag and, and remembering over in first Samuel 30, a really good story. I, I mean, every, uh, every person reads through it, obviously in our Bible reading every year, but it's something that you leadership thing that you study when they came back, the wives are gone, families are gone, people are gone. Mm-hmm. And they had a couple options there. You know, they could just let it all be gone. Uh, but instead, instead of laying down on the couch, instead of giving up, uh, they went and got their stuff back. You know, David got his two wives back. They got all that back. Then we dealt with the dilemma of those people who didn't come with us. They, should they get their stuff back? And uh, But let me tell you something this morning, brethren, and I think this is so significant in what Stephanie was just saying. And we say it every day, every week. I know that. Uh, but life is about trusting God. And this is one of those things. Depression is one of those things where you got to turn up the trust meter a little bit. You got to step out on faith mm-hmm. a little bit. Sometimes you got to go reclaim things that are yours. Sometimes you just got to go out and claim things. And I'm not saying name it and claim it. I mean, working as hard as you can at your jobs, at your relationships, at your families, um, reclaiming friendships, seeking revival through your local church and being part of that, making sure you show up for Sunday school. All that'll get you to the other side of this. So, I, I really appreciate what Stephanie said there. So we find ourselves again, brethren, as we said in Proverbs 16.4. I just love the book of Proverbs. I'm so happy that we're going through this. And and here we are starting in verse number four. It says, the Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. And uh, boy, the day of evil, just the day of doom, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I read a book one time entitled The Day of Doom. That's a uh, so God, the creator of all things is, you know, why are we created? Why is the world created? Why are we, uh, you know, on this earth? What are we here for? What are we doing? It's all for God and his glory, even the mm-hmm. wickedness. 
He appointed that day of doom, that day of evil, Stephanie. I mean, he's created all this. So we got to remember that that the meaning of this world, the meaning of what we're doing, we wonder why aren't things going good for us? Because we're going against God's will. God's will is that we bring glory and honor to him. God's will is that we recognize that his creation is created for his honor, for his glory. And uh, he allows us to be a small part of that. And so what say you, Stephanie, there in Proverbs 16, 4? Well, I think it's important to understand that when it says, you know, God did not make evil. But he says that even God will take the wicked. And I think there's a certain sense in which I think it has to mean he does this for his glory. And there's a sense where God's justice, his holiness is satisfied when the wicked, you know, it says the wicked for the day of evil. In other words, the day of judgment. That's that's God created hell for the devil and his angels. That's right. Okay. That was, and even that in a, in an awful way, but it's true. It glorifies God because God is a just God. He is a holy God and the wicked. In other words, people that are defying him, they've turned their back on God. He's offering them. He's offered them the gift of salvation and they've thrown it away. Exactly. God has to have justice satisfied. And he paid the price, but if someone won't accept his extended gift of salvation, if they won't turn from their wickedness to him, then even God has to glorify himself in being a just, holy God and following, you know, the laws that he himself has set up. Yeah. Yeah. And and great point. You know, God, no one's born wicked or ungodly. Uh, God doesn't say, Hey, this baby, there's no one predestined for hell. He's not slack concerning his promise as we're taught over there in Peter. Uh, God has given us all the same opportunity. Some people get this wrong and I'm glad you mentioned that. And you just, you, you checked a block in my mind that reminded me of some people believe some folks are predestined to hell, but that's not what God's word said. Uh, God says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, uh, shall be saved or will be saved. And he's not slack concerning his promise. So when a baby's born, there's not one already marked for hell or mm-hmm. one already marked for heaven. It's this free, uh, free will God gives us. And that's a great way to look at that verse. Thank you for that, Stephanie. And here we are, verse number five. It says, everyone that is proud in the heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be punished. And so everybody who's proud in their heart. So having that pride in the heart. So the Bible tells us in James 4, 6, that God resists the proud. Tells us that in First Peter as well. He regards them as an abomination. So this pride-filled woman or man, Stephanie, I believe, imitates what Satan is. And we see that in mm. Isaiah 14. We, we got to remember that sin is sin. Sin's an imitation of what the God of this world has, not the God of all creation, not God. It, it goes the other way. And, um, and then, you know, no matter how many prideful people they are, you know, they're not going to succeed against God. Uh, if they yeah. join forces, it's, it's going to go punished. Uh, God's going to punish those who are prideful, those who are against him, those who live a different life. This is a reminder that, hey, you know, you can live a pride-filled, devil-filled life, but you're not living a life of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not living a life of uh, sanctification, getting closer to God every day. You're not, you're not living a life of, you know, salvation even. You're, you're living outside of that. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and it's, I, what we're given in scripture, so many other places, um, the idea that God, how much God hates pride. It's listed in the list of seven things God hates. Yeah, Pride is the first thing in that list. And it says everyone that is proud in heart. In yeah. other words, there's no exceptions. And that's, that's a scary thing to think about because, because of our wicked, sinful natures, Pride is the first thing that we battle as kids. It's the first thing we battle every single day. You know, when we just, just to get really practical, when we get up in the morning and are like, I'm going to do this today, I'm going to have a great day. That's pride. Okay. If we really get down to it, that we are in innately so proud, it, it should make us tremble before God and it should leave us. I think that's why in the Psalms so often David cried out, for understanding. He cried out for wisdom. He cried out that God would search him and know him and try him because he knew his heart was by nature so proud. And so this is a challenge to me. And then to understand that God makes this, this is a comfort. Honestly, this is a comfort to me because it's talking about proud people. And it says, though hand go in hand, he shall not be unpunished. And proud people, um, there's there's a sense in which we say birds of a feather plot, flock together, and where you know this is what cults are founded on. This is what um, these these quote unquote churches that are in act in actuality they're cults, um, and I don't care what the denomination is, but when when there's a one person that you are you are loyal to, no matter what they do or say, they're always right. That's that's cultish, okay. And so that person is is filled with pride, and so they will attract to them others who will join hand in hand with them. And what God's saying is, it doesn't matter. You can band a proud person can have all can have a chain of other proud people that are right there to help them with their proud cause. God says it isn't going to matter in the end. You will not be unpunished, and that's a comfort in the sense of knowing. That God sees, God knows, but it should make it should make us tremble and get before the Lord and say, God, I don't want to be in this number. I don't want to be one of the ones who's joined hand in hand with a proud, arrogant person because I'm going to be punished along with them if I choose to hang out with them. Yeah. And and remembering what pride is, pride is giving the honor and glory to somebody, either yourself uh, or somebody in your crew other than God. So again, it's putting God in a position behind the reality of things where God gets all the credit. He alone is preeminent. He alone deserves the honor and glory. And, and so once we recognize that, once we remember on a daily basis, what's pride and uh, pride has given you yourself, usually uh, honor and glory for something that God deserves the honor and glory for, or given someone in your family or somebody you love. It's, and exactly what Stephanie said, when you take God out of the picture, when you try to replace Christ, whether it be in pride, no matter what it is, when you replace uh, a savior, the real savior, the true and living savior, uh, for a God in this world, small G, uh, you're a cult. If you add mm-hmm. anything else in there, if you say, oh, there's another Bible written, there's this written. And, you know, I study time and time again, you know, we, we come across these cults and these different things. And anybody who replaces God, anybody that puts that in that position, whether you be a Scientologist or, a, you know, a Jehovah's Witness or whatever the case may be, when you make God less, 
uh, than what he deserves. You're giving honor and glory to the devil and you're being prideful. Hey, listen, folks, we really love this honor of being with you and coming to you. Would you do us a favor? Uh, if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you're really enjoying it, would you go out there at whatever app you're listening to this podcast on and give us a five-star review? If you don't like us, you can just go ahead and move along. And, uh, keep on listening until <laughs> you find one you like, and, and then you can give us a five-star review. But we sure do love you folks, and that helps us uh, as people are searching for, uh, you know, our our podcast or Christian podcast, they stumble across those five-star ones. So they're a great blessing to us. Please listen to every word Brother Eric has to say in just a minute. He's going to tell you everything you need to know to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's nothing more important than that. We hope you have a great day. If we can do anything for you, find us out there at Helpful Wounded Spirits. Have a great day. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.